0: Welcome to conference coverage presented by ReachMD Radio on XM160 and powered by Health Day, featuring the latest clinical information and research findings from the annual meeting of the American Society of Clinical Oncology, which took place in Chicago, June 4 through the 8th, 2010. I'm your host, Dr. Markina, And I'm Sue Berg. More than 32,000 attendees
1: from around the world gathered at this year's meeting. Abstracts were presented on promising research in the diagnosis and treatment of lung, breast, genitourinary, gastrointestinal, and gynecologic cancers. According to Dr. Gregory A. Masters, the communications committee spokesperson, Researchers are building on the science of the last several years to develop more effective but less toxic therapies by targeting individual genetic mutations or the molecular changes that occur in cancer cells rather than in the body's healthy
0: cells. One area of research cited by Dr. Masters was a study suggesting patients with advanced non-small cell lung cancer who have a specific ALK gene variation may respond to treatment with the investigational ALK inhibitor, crizotinib. In a Phase 1 study of 76 patients, 50 of whom were evaluable, the researchers found that 87% of the patients had a clinical response to the drug and 57% experienced tumor shrinkage. The study's lead author commented that based on the fact that many of these patients had received three or more prior treatments, investigators might have expected no more than about 10% to respond to this drug. These results represent an important improvement over standard chemotherapy for these patients. Several study authors disclosed financial relationships with Pfizer, which makes chrysotinib. Also in a Phase 2 trial involving 167 patients with advanced or metastatic non-small cell lung cancer, patients were given ARQ-197 in combination with the epidermal growth factor receptor erlotinib or erlotinib plus placebo. Researchers found that the combination therapy was associated with prolonged progression-free survival of median 16.1 weeks versus 9.7 weeks with erlotinib alone. Dr. Masters called these results quite promising in terms of improving outcomes for these patients. One or more of the study authors disclosed financial relationships with arcule. Other research presented at the meeting suggests that a new chemotherapy
1: agent called irubulin mesylate, derived from a marine sponge, may be effective in increasing survival in women who have previously received extensive treatment for metastatic breast cancer. During the Phase III trial, researchers randomly assigned 762 patients to receive either arabulin or their physician's choice of therapy, usually another chemotherapy. Median survival was found to be significantly longer in the arabulin group than in the physician's choice group, about 13 months versus 10.7 months. The lead author of the study said in a statement that until now, there has not been a standard treatment for women with such advanced breast cancer. But for those who have already received all of the recognized treatments, these are promising results. Study authors disclose financial
0: relationships with ISA, BMSO, and Imclone systems. Two studies assessed the anti-cancer potential of widely touted dietary supplements, green tea extract and selenium. In the first study, Mayo Clinic researchers tested the effects of epigallocatechin gallate, the major component of green tea in 41 previously untreated patients with asymptomatic chronic lymphocytic leukemia. 31% of patients had a 20% or greater sustained reduction in blood leukemia count, and 69% of patients with enlarged lymph nodes saw node size reduced by at least 50%. In the second study, researchers at the University of Texas MD Anderson Cancer Center randomly assigned over 1,500 patients who had undergone surgery to remove stage 1 non-small cell lung tumors to receive either 200 micrograms of the mineral supplement selenium per day or placebo. Five-year progression-free survival was higher in the placebo group, 78% versus 72% in the selenium group. The incidence of secondary primary tumors was higher in the selenium group, 1.9%, compared to 1.36% in the placebo group. The study was halted, and researchers concluded that selenium is not an effective chemo prevention agent in this group of patients. The author of this study disclosed a financial relationship with Pfizer. In patients with oral pharyngeal squamous cell cancer, the tumor's human papillomavirus status may be a significant independent predictor of overall survival researchers at the MD Anderson Cancer Center conducted a retrospective analysis of over 300 patients with stage 3 or 4 oropharyngeal squamous cell cancer. The patients were enrolled in a randomized trial comparing accelerated fractionation radiotherapy with standard fractionation radiotherapy, each combined with cisplatin therapy. 64% of these patients had HPV-positive tumors. Their three-year survival rate was 82%, compared with 57% in patients with HPV-negative tumors. After adjusting for age, race, tumor, and nodal stage, tobacco exposure, and treatment alignment, investigators found that HPV-positive tumor status was associated with a 58% reduction in mortality risk. The authors wrote that future clinical trials should be designed specifically for patients with HPV-positive or HPV-negative tumors or patients who have been stratified according to HPV status. Researchers
1: at the Dana-Farber Cancer Institute in Boston presented data suggesting that the drug ipilimumab may significantly improve overall survival in patients with previously treated metastatic melanoma. Investigators conducted a phase 3 study in which nearly 700 patients with unresectable stage 3 or 4 melanoma that had progressed while they were being treated for metastatic disease were randomly assigned to one of three treatments: ipilimumab plus glycoprotein, ipilimumab alone, or glycoprotein 100 alone. Average overall survival was found to be significantly improved in patients receiving ipilimumab plus GP100 or ipilimumab alone compared to those receiving GP100 alone. However, the rate of grade 3 or 4 immune-related adverse events for patients treated with ipilimumab was 10 to 15% compared to 3% in those treated with GP100 alone. The researchers concluded that these adverse events could be severe and long-lasting, but most were reversible with appropriate treatment. Fourteen patients died from causes related to the study drugs, including seven deaths associated with immune-related adverse events. The authors concluded that in some patients, side effects can be life-threatening and may be treatment-limiting. But re-induction with ipilimumab at the time of disease progression can result in further clinical benefit. Overall, they said these findings suggest that ipilimumab may be useful as a treatment for patients with metastatic melanoma whose disease progressed while they were receiving one or more previous therapies. The study was supported by Medarex and Bristol-Myers
0: Squibb, and several authors disclosed financial ties to the companies. In breast cancer research, investigators found that for women ages 45 and older with early invasive breast cancer who are undergoing breast-conserving surgery, A single dose of targeted intraoperative radiotherapy may be as effective as several weeks of conventional whole breast radiotherapy for preventing breast cancer recurrences. This was the finding of the targeted intraoperative radiotherapy versus whole breast radiotherapy for breast cancer, Target A, trial. Researchers assigned over 1,100 women to receive targeted intraoperative radiotherapy and about the same number to receive external beam radiotherapy. After a four-year follow-up, researchers found that local recurrence rates in both the intraoperative radiotherapy and external beam radiotherapy groups were about 1%. Rates of major toxicity were 3.3 and 3.9, respectively, and the rate of radiotherapy toxicity was lower in the targeted intraoperative radiotherapy group than in the external beam radiotherapy group. In an accompanying statement, the authors say that they're still waiting for the long-term follow-up and results of another randomized trial from the National Surgical Adjuvant Breast and Bowel Project B39. Nevertheless, they concluded that in elderly patients, accelerated partial breast irradiation seems to be an excellent approach. Financial relationships were disclosed with Carl Zeiss, manufacturer of the IntraBeam device and Photoelectron Corporation.
1: Also for lung cancer patients with advanced non-small cell lung cancer and progression after first-line therapy, researchers found that the addition of vandetinib to a standard chemotherapy regimen of docetaxel may significantly improve progression-free survival. Investigators on the Phase three Zodiac trial, Zactima, in combination with docetaxel in non-small cell lung cancer, randomly assigned nearly 1,400 patients in 25 countries to receive either Vandetanib plus docetaxel or placebo plus docetaxel. After an average follow-up of 12.8 months, the researchers found that median progression-free survival was significantly improved in the Vandetanib group compared to the placebo group, four months versus 3.2 months, and observed a similar improvement in women who received Vandetanib, 4.6 months versus 4.2 months. There were no significant group differences in overall survival, but researchers found that Vandetanib was associated with a 17% objective response rate compared to 10% with placebo. Also, there was a significant improvement in time to worsening of symptoms, 3.5 months versus 2.7 months. The most common serious adverse event was febrile neutropenia, which occurred in 7% of the vandetanib group and 6% of the placebo group. The authors write that this improvement in symptom relief for patients is an important palliative benefit. The study was supported by AstraZeneca, which manufactures vandetanib, and several authors disclose financial
0: relationships with the company. Two studies published online in the New England Journal of Medicine to coincide with the meeting showed better 12-month outcomes in patients with newly diagnosed chronic myeloid leukemia who were treated with either nilotinib or dasatinib as compared to imatinib. In one study, researchers in Italy randomly assigned 846 patients with newly diagnosed chronic-phase Philadelphia chromosome-positive chronic myeloid leukemia to receive either twice-daily nilotinib at doses of 300 mg or 400 mg or a -a once-a-day dose of 400 mg of imatinib. After 12 months, about 43% of patients receiving any dose of nilotinib experienced major molecular response compared with 22% of patients receiving imatinib. The rates of complete cytogenic response were also higher with nilotinib. This study was supported by Novartis Pharmaceuticals. In a related study, investigators at the University of Texas MD Anderson Cancer Center randomly assigned 519 patients with newly diagnosed chronic-phase chronic myeloid leukemia to receive daily doses of either 100 mg of disatinib or 400 mg of amatinib. After a follow-up of at least 12 months, 77% of patients receiving disatinib had a confirmed complete cytogenic response compared with 66% of patients receiving imatinib. The rate of major molecular response was also higher with disatinib. The study was supported by Bristol-Myers Squibb. An accompanying editorial in the New England Journal posited that these two studies cap a remarkable decade of progress in chronic myeloid leukemia therapy and, for some, may raise the question of whether we have reached the limit of what we can hope to achieve in terms of achieving long-lasting remission, though not a cure.
1: A new ovarian cancer screening strategy appears to be feasible for postmenopausal women at average risk. Researchers evaluated the specificity of the Risk of Ovarian Cancer Algorithm, or ROCA, for calculating ovarian risk in over 3,000 postmenopausal women with no significant family history of breast or ovarian cancer. ROCA is based on patient age, trends in CA-125 blood test results, and if necessary, transvaginal ultrasound and referral to a gynecologic oncologist. After a follow-up of up to eight years, the researchers found that fewer than 1% of the subjects required transvaginal ultrasound each year. Based on Roca results, eight women underwent surgery, including three who had invasive but early-stage ovarian cancers, two who had borderline ovarian tumors, and three who had benign ovarian tumors. The researchers also found that the specificity of Roca followed by transvaginal ultrasound for referral to surgery was 99.7%. In a statement, the study's lead author said these results constitute a promising step toward what she called the holy
0: grail of a reliable screening test for early-stage ovarian cancer. According to researchers at Massachusetts General Hospital, older women with stage 1 estrogen receptor-positive node-negative breast cancer who undergo lumpectomy and receive tamoxifen may safely forego radiation therapy. 636 women aged 70 and older who underwent lumpectomy were randomly assigned to receive either tamoxifen alone or tamoxifen and radiation. Previously, tamoxifen alone had been demonstrated to be an effective alternative to tamoxifen and radiation after a median follow-up of nearly eight years. The current analysis includes data after a median follow-up of ten and a half years. The researchers found that the rate of cancer recurrence in the affected breast was 8% in the tamoxifen alone group and only 2% in the tamoxifen radiation group. They also found no significant group differences in either breast cancer-specific survival and no significant differences in overall survival. The authors say that lumpectomy without radiation is a viable alternative for older women with early-stage breast cancer and tamoxifen may replace the need for radiation. Finally, researchers at the University of Rochester Medical Center have shown that yoga may
1: help improve sleep in cancer survivors who report sleeping problems after completing adjuvant therapy. 410 early-stage cancer survivors were assigned to receive either standard monitoring plus a four-week, twice-weekly Yoga for Cancer Survivors program or standard monitoring and usual care. The researchers found that the yoga group was more likely to report greater sleep quality, decreased use of sleep medication, less fatigue, and a better quality of life compared to the usual care group. The study's lead author said that very few, if any, treatments for the sleep problems and fatigue that cancer survivors experience have been shown to work well for very long if they work at all. This study points to a simple, non-pharmacological therapy that clinicians can recommend to
0: patients. Thank you for listening to conference coverage from the American Society of Clinical Oncology, which took place in Chicago from June 4th through the 8th, 2010. Conference coverage is a presentation of ReachMD Radio. Broadcast on XM160 and by live stream at ReachMD.com and powered by HealthDay.